Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to episode 99 of It's All Cobblers to Me. Yes, I'm back. I'm Charles. Hello. Thank you for allowing me to have a week off. I'm here with Danny and Chesie Coleman and I'm we're not here with with Neil it's Neil's turn to have a week off he's apparently too busy deciding um well deciding who he wants to pick for some ridiculous American football tournament that's right isn't it I've probably got that all wrong haven't I Danny um he said NFL draft so I don't know whether that meant the players or whether it was a fantasy football game was it a fantasy football game was it I thought it was just the players I mean, anyway, to me, mate, no, draft not really open the door and leave it open for two hours. <laughs> um, no, it's no excuse, is it, really? I just, it's not. It's terrible. I mean, I mean ugh, can't Especially after it. we've just caused a major cup upset. I mean, I thought it'd be straight I know. <laughs> Especially saying he's probably the only one that managed to watch it live as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you know, got to be honest, got to be honest. Uh, Chesley, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Good, good. Well, look, we're going to crack straight on this week, I think. There is a little bit of news to get through before we take a look back at that tremendous, and I will use that word tremendous, 
win oh. against Cardiff City. Um, in fact, if we stay there with Cardiff City just for a moment, obviously it was the first time that we really had, as a fan base, as a football fan's in general, in the UK, it was the first time that everybody had to use iFollow, regardless of where they were and what their reason was for watching the game. It's the first time that every football fan had to use iFollow, and it didn't go as smoothly for everyone as it did or it has done in the past for me. I think that's probably fair to say. I saw a few people on Twitter saying that they couldn't get it to work properly. I don't know whether that's because of internet speeds or whether the iFollow app actually is rubbish. I don't know. The one thing I did notice, I don't know whether you guys noticed this, but literally I went to go and open my normal app and suddenly was told to download a brand new one. Oh, that was the EFL app, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. They did announce that, to be fair, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, where have um, you been, Charles? To... Come on, Charles, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think for people who were logging in for the first time, it would have been a case of doing that. So um, teething problems, hopefully, we'll put it down to. I think me living in uh, Flintstone era didn't help on Saturday either. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, I, I just kept up with it, uh, just viewing the results as and when I could. Because uh, the old internet down here was not having any of it. Oh, no. I mean, is that you, seen... is that you out for the season, Jesse? Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully, it? hopefully not. Hopefully not. But let's see. Let's like see. A, but a... I, I, I don't want to um, blame it on iFollow. Bearing in mind that you know we've only just come out of dial-up here, so I, I think it's probably got oh. something to do with our internet, not anything to do with iFollow. <laughs> Jeffy's just about to write a blog about iFollow. Uh, how, it, how, it be, how it should be sacked yeah. <laughs> oh dear but anyway the, the game itself was really really good we'll get on to that but of course the win did mean that we were in the hat for the second and third round draws um did either of you watch the draws yes you did i did now now did you notice that it was all a little bit slow yes it went on forever. You know how, like, the FA Cup draw normally starts at 7 o'clock on a Monday night, they normally do it, don't they? Yeah. And then and you wait, and the program's on for half an hour. So you pretty much know that the draw's going to be at about 20 past 7. Well, they announced, didn't they? They said, right, the draw is going to be at 2 o'clock. The draw didn't start till about quarter to 3. And also, as well, they had a half time between two draws. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've only been stood there for 10 minutes drawing out some matches. So, oh, we're just going to have a short break. I'm like, excuse me, is this ITV? Where did the Morrison's car park thing go? Didn't they do it in the Morrison's car park last year? What's Where's that gone? Oh, yeah. I was hoping for some sort of <laughs> ludicrous location again, but I was disappointed. It looked like it was just yeah. a studio thing, was it? Yeah, I think so. Just and, and they're only having one person do the draw, aren't they? So you've got the presenter David. who was mm-hmm. David Garrido, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh and then um, former football, I can't think of who it was. What's his name? Morrison, wasn't it? Um, Scott no. Minto. That, no, it wasn't no. Scott Minto. <laughs> um, Stigbjorn Edson. Um, no, I can't remember his name. Anyway, Webb? I don't know why that's in my head. Anyway, right. Was it Simon Webb from Blue? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, whoever it was. Yeah, so had to draw both the home and the away sides. So there was none of this, obviously, cross contamination of balls. Oh. Um, did he have to? Um, did he have to 
did he have to like go over the other side and face himself and go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, tough one, and then go back? Number oh, 22. yes, it is a very tough one. Hang on a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the one thing that I know that David Garrido did, I think this was on the third round draw um, where the Premier League teams are involved or the majority of them are. I think Leicester drew Arsenal and he immediately went, oh, that's the biggest tie of the whole two rounds. And I just went, <laughs> yeah, thanks for just basically turning around and rubbishing every team below the Premier League. Cheers for that. There are There were some quite big games I mm, saw. Harrogate got a good draw, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, you look at it and you've just got to say to yourself, well, come on, I'm, Leicester versus, I'm not being funny, Leicester versus Arsenal, a team that last won the Premier League four years ago is against a team that last won the Premier League oh, 20 years ago. It's not that big, is it? No. no. Especially, they're both in Europe, they're both going to put their youth teams out, right? Yeah. Exactly, so. exactly. And yet, you know, straight away, that's the first guy, the first game that Sky's going to pick up, isn't it? Of course it, it is. Wait, unless, unless Salford are still in it. Salford's still in it? Salford, so, yeah, Salford <laughs> drew... Is um... it Huddersfield? No, Huddersfield got knocked out. Don't know. They drew someone, but they're going to be on TV, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. on TV. They've got a Premier League side, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure it's they up. <laughs> yeah. Is it Man United? Man United, oh. yeah. <laughs> no, genuinely um, is. Is it? <laughs> is it really? Hang on. I'm just looking at no. Pictures. That's the isn't that no, the that's the, the, that's the Champions League trophy. Everton, yeah. <laughs> Everton. Everton. It's Everton. I knew it was a big club. It's Everton. Big, big, effort, big club. Really? Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we in the second round. Um, well, Danny, I, uh, I don't know whether to be you know happy <laughs> for you or really, really <laughs> upset for you. Bristol City away, oh, and you ridiculous. can't go. No, I mean first. Like Bristol Rovers comes out at the fixtures, at the league fixtures, and that's too mm-hmm. early to go. Um, and this is obviously too early to go. I think, um, Charles, can you just organise me a press pass? And I'll just go in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'll, uh, I'll give yeah. the Bristol City on Gazette a ring for you. <laughs> <laughs> Western Daily Press. Yeah. Oh, It's the Western Daily Press. And do you know it how is, I know yeah. that random fact for you? Because every time we play... Bristol. No, every time we play Bristol Rovers or Bristol City or any of those strange old teams... We get the newspaper if we win because we get to laugh at them. <laughs> what did you do the time that we got hammered 7 nil or whatever? 6 it was? nil, cried all the way home because Pete the Plumber was singing about Bristol Rovers the entire way Pete home. Pete the Plumber, oh, Pete nice the little plumber. weekly mention, Pity <laughs> Pete. Get him on. <laughs> but anyway, no, I've got a friend who lives up here in Warrington who's a Bristol City supporter. What's and he doing up all- there? I don't know. He just does. What's he doing up there, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Samo at Posh. Samo reference. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, he's lived here for years. I don't know what he's doing up here, to be honest. He runs a business. So there you go. He lives in Warrington. But he's a Bristol City fan. And we have spent many times uh, sort of watching the football scores coming in on a Saturday afternoon on the old BBC Sport app as we've been propping up a bar or something. And. Um, yeah, it's the first time that we'll have actually met Cobblers versus City since since we've known Ooh. each other, and we've known each other for about ten years or so. Ooh. And uh, there was, yeah, there was, it was an immediate on... text message to him going, <laughs> "Oh, come on!" <laughs> There's that one game on Sky against Bristol City where two of their players started fighting, and one of them got sent off. Yes, yes, um, and we like we still lost three one, I think. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. do you know? I think I've got a feeling I was there. At that game, because it was the they had a corner, didn't they? It was yeah, their was corner, it, yeah, yeah. and they started fighting. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> how bizarre, how bizarre. But yeah, if we get past Bristol City, oh, that, that's what I was going to ask you. There were a few fans, about 50-odd or so, watching the Cardiff game from the top of the hill. Is there a vantage point that you found to be able to um, watch <laughs> from above the Ashton Gate? <laughs> there is. Um, it's not really close enough, though. <laughs> oh, right. I, took, oh, okay. I, I went up a hill the other day, but it was miles away. Um, so not really. Um, but because they've got like a huge stand now as well. They've got like mm. this, it's kind of like a bigger version of crew. They've got three stands that are the same level, but then this oh, no. one massive stand that will just block any view. So I might go down there just to, just to clap them off the team coach. Like say, hello. Oh, you should do. Okay. Get in a just bush take your phone so you can put iFollow on and sit yeah, under the stand outside. Yeah. Just and look cheer. Outside. <laughs> yeah. But you can cheer. Just, just start shouting and chanting. Just, Occasionally go e i e i e i o and see what happens. <laughs> You'll have someone from inside. James Whiting will be inside, and he'll yeah, just he'll just on, shout James, back going, "Come on, Daddy, James, Give let me in, let me in." But yeah, if we get past Bristol City, uh, then we've got what looks to be a nice plum tie, actually, either Burton Albion, who we know we can beat quite easily, um, or Aston Villa at home. And that'd be quite good, I think. The Battle of the Clarets, they might not call it. I think it'd be a nice uh, nice game to have because I think should we somehow escape Bristol City, who are fairly strong, so it's unlikely. But if we were to, um, I think we'd give either of those teams a, a, de- a, decent, a decent game. And also as well, it would be a game that suits our style, I think it would be a game mm. where they'd want to play football and be frustrated because we won't let anyone play football because we just stand in the way, really, which is which is great because it is effective football. Christopher Misselou against Jack Grealish. Have him <laughs> down, won't he? Oh he'd, he'd, be off the pitch. he'd be off within 10 minutes. Mm. Grealish, I mean, injured. Um, <laughs> imagine that. Get into I'm, it, I'm just trying to imagine Grealish actually playing and not... <laughs> Sat there on the sidelines, just going, "I've got an England cap now. I'm not doing anything. League Cup, what's that?" Um, he doesn't sound like that, obviously. Um, <laughs> I don't know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tasty draw. But I will say that it doesn't quite have the same feeling when you know that you you're not going to be able to go and see it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um... Well, if if that's the plum draw, Charles, what's what kind of fruit would Bristol City be? Oh, well, for me, I quite nectarine. I, I, yeah, I, mm, tangerine. Tangerine. On a, I suppose that would be a Blackpool draw, wouldn't it? Never mind. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I think the draw against Bristol City is actually quite a nice. It's decent though. Like you say, it, it is. It's annoying that you just can't go in because we'd have taken quite a few down for the novelty yeah. of it. I think because of the. Because, like you said, we haven't played them for quite a few years, and it's a it's a decent championship club, isn't it? Mm. They always get a pretty good atmosphere. My coach got bricked once down there. (laughs) (laughs) Where has where hasn't a coach been bricked, Danny? I don't know. Um, Harrogate, probably. Oh yeah, probably yeah. You're probably right. Um, Anyway, yeah, we will talk about Cardiff in one second, but just before we do, um, there was obviously the news that. Possibly is a bit old now, but Ivan Tony has gone and joined up with Charlie Good at Brentford, and made, both of them made their debuts in the EFL Cup this weekend um, in a penalty win against Wickham Wanderers. And I noticed that uh, 
Oh, Charlie was uh, up to his old shithousery games, wasn't he, Danny? He was. Love to see it. Good, glad to see it's not been knocked out of him yet. It didn't take him long either, did it? I don't no, nine minutes. To have nine minutes <laughs> <laughs> to do his old uh, falling on the ball and picking it up cut trick. Uh, well, um, the Wickham striker was properly apoplectic, wasn't he? He's like, he's clearly oh, not met him before. Better get used you know to it. Coming, but he's like waving the yellow card around, wasn't he? Um, but uh, it's, it's a proper shithouse combo now, that is, isn't it? Imagine that in training, like Charlie and Ivan just th- throwing themselves around. <laughs> <laughs> just... you, you've seen the picture haven't you the two of them stood together and obviously it's yeah. been sort of turned into a, a, a kind of meme hasn't it really in a way where they're both saying things like fuck the posh and, and stuff like that but I mean you kind of I, I saw the, fo- the photo and just sort of went are they just thinking about diving tactics you know <laughs> Charlie teaching Ivan how to make it look like they, he, he's actually fouled rather than just doing a cartwheel in the air maybe not I don't know. Could be. Good. Well, Should we talk about this game against Cardiff? Please do. Cup oh, set. Oh, oh, cup set. I love a good cup set. Is that what the title of the pod? I don't know. Banana skin. Cobbler's cup uh, set Cardiff. <laughs> cup setting Cardiff. That's it. We'll do that. <laughs> pod title. Um, yeah, it was a good game though, wasn't it? It's very good. Really, really good. Uh, from what I saw of it, again, uh, we spoke about it earlier, I did watch it back eventually when the internet gods were on my side. Um, <laughs> I really like the idea that Keith Curl has stuck to, and I really like as well what he said post-match about um, the game. And he was like, look, we've brought in new personnel. Some remain. We've got some new ones, but we're not changing that identity and the fundamentals of the squad. And you can see it. It's so clear. And Neil talked about it a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? He said, we've, and I think Danny did as well, we've got an identity and we, for the first time, you can see the direction that we're going mm. with. And it's so important to have that. And you've got like Matty Warburton po- popping up and scoring and having a bit of confidence about them and you know we had Adams and Hoskins and Pollock and McWilliams all out so with all those players that seem to be quite key all of them were out and we seem to sail past what should have been a really difficult Cardiff team to beat. Well actually that that's the first point that I wanted to talk about Chesie which is the fact that you know there were five first teamers missing um, all of those that you said and new boy Nuttall. Yep sorry um, I no, it's all right. Don't don't worry. I mean, according to some, he's quite a forgettable signing, which is unfortunate. Um, but there was a lot of doom and gloom around on social media and whatnot before the game, not just necessarily about the game and about our chances of getting through, but essentially about the fact that the squad isn't, well, it clearly isn't actually finished yet. Um, do you think that, that that's fair, Danny, that that negativity no and uh, I'll tell you what Charles it's actually got my goat this week (laughs) another one another (laughs) one's gone (laughs) it's just (laughs) it's constant isn't it it's that I've I've literally had to turn off Twitter when I'm not doing updates for our pod and stuff because it's just every time we make a sign in it's that's not Morton obviously that's going to stop now Mm -hmm. um or or will it or (laughs) yeah or um oh, let's go on Wikipedia and see how many goals he's not scored and put that mm. up. Or you go on the forums and it's like, oh, they're, they're not good enough. They're not this, they're not that. I think it was James Hennigan who was saying that actually we're probably not going to sign people who are going to be recognised. 
And mm-hmm. I think in this squad, that's okay. Because what would we have said this time last week if we'd have said starting up front next week is going to be uh, Smith and Bagel? We would have been like, yeah, we're going to lose. But yeah. because of what Keith's put into that squad, everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's working in the same direction. It's a squad game. It's not a team game. Um, and like the different, like Smith had a great game, much better than the friendly. I thought he was putting himself about yeah. a lot. He was providing that focal point. Uh, Bagel looks a completely different player. He looked like he's properly knuckled down. It's a massive season for him because of where he is in his career. See, I'm coming into the league quite late, but I thought he he looked a completely new player. He looked like hungry for to get in on the action. He's probably smelling the chance and he took it. Um, Corboa as well. He Again, looks just, brilliant. He looks brilliant. Quality. Like, he didn't look out of place at all um, in the team and against the championship opposition, which who were dreadful, I thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah, didn't look at it right. at all. And it, it just looked completely like we, our first game of the season, which it was. Um, I'm not going to call it friendly anymore like I did last week <laughs> because we've won. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, but it looked like they were about two weeks behind their pre-season, but they start next week as well. So I'd be slightly concerned if I was a Cardiff fan. Um, you see, but I, I just I'm think quite... going back, yeah, going back to negativity very quickly. Mm. I just think it's it's just just see us play, just wait, just have that trust because I personally was fearing going into the playoffs that we weren't good enough. Honestly, yeah. um, I thought we wouldn't get past Cheltenham, especially after the first leg. I honestly didn't think we'd do anything like what we did in the second leg um, and in the final. But we've pulled it out of the bag because people are pulling together and they know what they're doing. Yeah. I think it's all clicked and. We've had Keith over the summer, just trusting him and just let it go because we're going to make signings over the next week, probably one or two. Um, we might not recognise well, so. them, but but yeah, <laughs> but um, but Keith Carl sees in them something. So have trust in him, like that Nuttall situation. Just he sees something in him that that he can get out of him. He might work, it might not, but I yeah. I completely have trust in what we're doing at the moment. I think, because I'm quite disappointed, actually, that Neil hasn't been able to tear himself away from <laughs> the, the the wrong kind of football um, for the evening. Because I know that, that me and him are on opposite sort of viewpoints regarding this whole thing. Um, you know, I, I got quite, I do get quite annoyed when I see people saying that, you know, we're not ready. Or not that we're not ready, because I agree with that, but that it's all doom and gloom and that it's terrible. Because I, I, I just look at it and I just go, in my opinion, Curl and the rest of the team, Simon Tracy and, and you know, Colin West and Dan Watson, they've all, you know, earned, in my eyes, um, the right to take things the way that they see as being the best way and if it takes as long as it you know as it is taking then so be it I get the argument that I'm sure Neil would have used which is that by the time the transfer window closes in October we could have lost the first four or five games of the season and be cut adrift at the bottom I I do understand that but at the same time what's the point in going out and just getting players in to fill the point that's what Keith has actually come out and said that he won't rush and just bring bodies in for the sake of numbers. He will only bring in the right players. Now, you know, we know that we've missed out on our number one striking target this summer in Callum Morton, but that isn't the only name that's on the list. And at the end of the day, we probably were sat there waiting to find out, will we be the ones that get to have Callum for the season? Or is he going to be sent to Lincoln or elsewhere? 
before we made a move for anybody else. Because as much as what Kelvin told us on the the, the Patreon Q and A, which you can still go and watch if if you're a Patreon member, um, he said that Callum would probably be an additional striker, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks that that was actually more of a you know just just you know calming the. The, the nerves, if you like, calming the tide of that. So we didn't think that all our eggs were in that one basket. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still, in my eyes, there's plenty of time to go to get the squad in a position to be able to compete. And it's the thing that's annoying me is that people haven't given the team or the players that are in the team in the squad right now a chance. Basically, they were written off. And I just don't see that as being fair. And I know that that Neil would, right if he was here, would turn around and jump on me and, and give a very credible answer as to why, you know, that negativity is fair. I mean, Jesse, do you I have... think I've got quite a strong opinion on it. And I'm very much in your camp, Charles, where I really <laughs> believe that Keith Curl has earned the right to build whichever team he feels he needs for League One. Um, but also there's there's so many different factors that we all know um, that mean that we're slightly behind this preseason because of the playoffs, because of everything that's gone on. No one needs to, to hear that time and time again. But also from, from my point of view as a football fan and as a Cobblers fan in particular, I've always viewed Keith Curl as pragmatic so he doesn't make snap decisions. He sometimes overcomplicates things, um, yeah. but most of the time he really thinks about it and actually doesn't rush into anything and has a sensible way of approaching things. And you can tell that that is effective and that is working with the players because you've got the likes of Nicky Adams, Sam Hoskins, all those players that seem to have a fantastic relationship with him and are working really hard for him and now in turn have have moved up the leagues with him. So obviously that is something that he's earned amongst those players and therefore he needs to be given that shot to build more of that team. I think that we need to be very careful with what we wish for as such because take, for example, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's transfer window in that January, wasn't it? And the shambles that followed for what? nearly two years after that. Now, I don't want to be sat here in six months' time knowing that we've got a back catalogue of really average players who are on a massive wage bill simply because of their name and we've got it wrong. I actually would rather us be in the position where we need to build and we need strength in January as opposed to getting it on a snap decision and then it falling apart around us and then not having any money in January. You yeah. need to look at it with a sensible point of view and a point of view where you're able to facilitate whatever happens in January. You know, we're running a football club, which is a business and you have to be realistic and realistically, we just need to survive this season. We're not going to be up in the top 10. I'd love us to be, but we're not realistically going to be there. And there is nothing wrong with finishing 15th, 16th this year. There really isn't. So what, what do you say though, Ch- Chesie, to those people that will and, and, and that do argue, and I have had the argument with me on Twitter this weekend, that you know, why Why are we not allowed to, you know, aim higher? 
why have we got to be, I was going to say got to be realistic. That's not the right word. Why have we got to only aim for, you know, just staying up in League One? I'm a football fan and I want the club to do, you know, I want us to be successful. What what do you say about that argument, which is that, you know, when, you know, I literally saw the comment and had, and I think it's a ridiculous comment. And, and I called that, I said it was nonsense at the time on Twitter, which is that apparently Cobblers fans aren't allowed to actually want to be better than we are. I think uh, there's that, you know, they can, there's a valid argument there. And there are lots of fans, including myself, that really want us to do well. But again, the per- the the pessimist and the, and the sensible fans amongst us um, will look at other teams as examples. I'm going to use Yeovil as an example because it's local to me and, and I've watched it happen mm-hmm. that they went on a fantastic run, went all the way from League Two to the Championship, but it happened far too quickly and it completely fell apart for them. Within a few months, they were in real trouble and needing to cut back, cut back, cut back, and ended up dropping into League One, dropping into League Two, not being able to sustain it, and now are back in non-league. Now, I know we've not come from non-league, and we've been established in the league for a really long time, but I also would rather us have a steady progression into the Championship than throw everything at going at the Championship in the first season for it all to fall apart around us, because it hasn't just happened to Yeovil, it's lots of other teams. But I think because I've seen it, in the communities where I where I live, it's horrible to watch a team just completely capitulate after having such success. And actually, had they have done things slowly, they probably still would have been okay now. But they're not because of what they've done. So I could use that as an example. I mean, we might we might go up and stay up. Great if we do, but cautiousness is not necessarily a bad thing. I think the thing just just to make sure that I actually quote this properly um, because I don't want Dave thinking that I've misquoted him here. So so Dave's tweet to me on Twitter was to say, wanting or hoping for better isn't allowed as a Cobblers fan. We must be happy with mediocrity. How dare you wish for more? You know, he's being sarcastic and I appreciate that. And that's fine. But like my argument here was that essentially you should be able to be realistic as a football fan and I want I want to see the Cobblers in the Championship. I want to see them progressing up the leagues, but I want to see them as established in those top tier, Absolutely. top tiers, and so not just the yo-yo like we have been between League One and League Two, or how posh were ten years ago between the Championship and, the, and League One. You know, I, I'd like us to to get to the point where actually we're, you know, we're able to take that that next step and go from being a yo-yo to being, you know, established. And then we can maybe start to do the yo-yoing again, but with the between the next two leagues and, yeah. and just do it like that. I mean, I, I just, you know, of course I want success. And of course, I'd love it if we go and win promotion again this year. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, but at the same time, the one thing that I'm not going to do is slate a team that I've not seen play in a competitive fixture. No, Just I'm because not essentially the names aren't Callum Morton or aren't David Nugent or whoever else, you know, we've been linked to that people are sort of going on at. But, you know, that that's just me. I mean, like I said, I'm a bit disappointed that Neil's not here to give the other side of this this argument because, 
you know, I, I know for a fact that it would be a much more evenly balanced pod if if Neil was here to have that other side and to air his side, and he would do with with some passion. There's but nothing we go wrong back- with that argument either, is there? There's nothing wrong no. with that. Like, you know, people can be as optimistic as they want to be, and some people really do want to see the Cobblers in the Championship. People want to see the Cobblers in the Premier League. I'd love to see the Cobblers in the Premier League, but personally, I don't think it's ever going to happen in my lifetime I don't, anyway. I don't think that there is a single fan that, that would say that they don't want to see the Cobblers be successful and, you know, get as high as they can, whether that's Championship, Premier League, whatever. There simply won't be a football fan that doesn't want that. Mm. But there are differences in opinion in how you get there Absolutely. or or how happy you will be. You know, I've always, like Danny said, I wasn't expecting us to win the playoffs. I, I did that whole thing where I just went a bit, I don't know, macho and just sort of went, I'm going to win, you know, I'm just going to say we're going to win it. It's going to be easy because on all the things that I did, like there was that other podcast that I went on and, and I helped them preview both the semifinals and the final. And I literally just said, you know, oh, you know, there's no point in you guys turning up. It was all very tongue in cheek though. And, you know, because I didn't expect us to to, to win any of those games, let, let alone get promoted. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm looking at it and going, look, I don't think we, we have to make sure that we don't get relegated. That Absolutely. is my That's number priority. one thing. But the thing that I, the reason why I say that is because I don't want to, if I turn around now and say my expectation for the season is that we finish in the top half, I'm going to be really disappointed and calling for Keith Curl's head and for another change of manager, another change of squad by November, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking that way. Look Whereas back- the way that I'm looking at it is to say continuity and let's get it to the point where we are just going right. We are going to progress. That's what I want is progression. And at the moment, I actually see progression happening a lot more clearly than I have at any other point in my time supporting the Cobblers because we've managed to keep a manager when we've got promoted. I think I think as well it's it's um really important to note when we were under Coldwood and we went up that year, Ian Taylor came out and he said that when you go up you have to expect to stay up by one place and that be a massive success. Now, if somebody of that experience and that uh, intelligence in the game is telling you that, I think you need to take that as as some kind of guide to what is ex- an acceptable way to finish in League One. Now, well, that's a long time ago and that was when football was very different. But I don't think enough of when we said it before, was talked about when we did stay up in League One last time and that needed more celebration as such because we had achieved something quite good in staying up and it's a shame we didn't continue that. Keith Curl's job now is to stay up and keep us up for at least two seasons. Now, if he does that by the skin of his teeth, he's still far more successful than any other manager that's taken us up to League One and stayed. Big difference is this year that we're seeing everyone this week in all the previews, all the magazines, all the podcasts and everything, we're going down. That's the that's the theme. And I I from what I remember, I don't think it'd been that like that way before. Like 
everyone wants is expecting us to go down or finish bottom or, or whatever. Yeah. Because they've taken a look at us and like playoff winners, finish seventh, blah blah blah. They'll they'll go down. Well, I think it's also the squad as well. It's also the lack of yeah. signings. That's yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think there's nothing wrong at all with being anxious or nervous about the season, which I think is what some of this comes across as. And what I was feeling this week when Callum Morton, when I was bitterly disappointed with with him going to Lincoln, but then I reflecting on it a little bit, thinking actually Lincoln are a little bit ahead of us in what they want to do. Um, as annoying and as hard as that is to take, Lincoln are actually a year ahead of us probably in in what we want to do and what we want to be. Um, in their curve towards whatever they're they're going for, um, it might seem like they are a similar size club to us, but actually on their trajectory, they're they're actually ahead. Um, so I can slightly understand why West Brom sent Morton there, but it didn't make it any less hard to take. I think no, that, not at but, all. Um, but I think there's, there's a, everyone's got every right to be anxious and, and nervous about the season, but just. The difference is when people come on and are actively negative and actively saying this shows a complete lack of ambition without knowing any facts, without knowing that actually the the finances involved with nothing to do with it. Morton's decision probably would have been to come here from what if I can read between the lines. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's nothing. It's nothing to do with lack of ambition. I think it's just some people just jump on it straight away to say, oh, the, the same old stories, this, this, that, and the other. Um, it's not the same old story. It's a completely new story and. We've got a manager here who's, who's taken charge and who's taken it in his own direction. And that's the key thing I've always said about this summer is that we've kept Keith Carl. And as crazy as it sounds, it's probably the, the most important signing that we've had this summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you there. I mean, the one thing that I will say, actually, just moving on to the actual game itself against Cardiff, in terms of the signings, it, I look at it and go, we've got our defence sorted. Yes, we. I think we still need another centre-back, um, you know, to cover for injuries and things like that, or potentially even be maybe a left-footed centre-back because at the moment they're all right-footed um, with those three. I think it's Horsfall that's playing on the left-hand side um, and he's quite clearly a right-footed centre-back. Um, but essentially, one, one area of the squad the defence is pretty much sorted. We're now looking for the creativity, aren't we? We're looking for the, the striker. We're looking for the, um, you know, the creative midfielder, maybe even the, the I don't know, another winger or, or, or mid, you know, attacking midfielder. I'm not sure exactly which area of midfield that we're looking for. But if it was like we were actually, we needed two centre-backs, two midfielders and two strikers, and it was a bit more spread out across the whole, and maybe even a goalkeeper, I'd be more worried. Whereas I can sort of see Keith's first job, well, basically for Keith's first job was to let the defence from last season go mm-hmm. and was then to replace it. And he's done that. Now we've yeah. got to then go and get the top end of the, the pitch sorted. And he's obviously going to be working on that now. Now, if we get to the end of October and the transfer window shut and we're still with exactly the same people in the squad and there's no new additions, then I can completely understand the negativity. Also as well, which part is going to have to work the hardest in League One? Because I can bet you bottom dollar it's going to be our defence. 
Ah, but you're being negative there because you're saying that we're definitely only going to be looking at a relegation dogfight. But no, anyway, let's not. let's talk. Let's talk about the actual game. I want uh, the thing for me that stood out was Neil. Is it Neil Harris, Cardiff manager? Yep. Um, ex Millwall striker. Mm-hmm. He said, didn't he, that that one team treated that game as a preseason friendly. And the other team treated it as a cup competition. Now, Mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious who treated it as the cup competition and and the friendly. But I was stating that I wasn't really that bothered if we or disappointed if we lost it. Um, Maybe that's the pessimist in me sort of going, I'll I'll think to myself, well, we're not likely to win because we're playing supposedly better opposition so let's just set myself up for the disappointment to make sure I'm not crying come the end of the final whistle rather than and and being able to sort of actually say well I didn't expect to win so there's no change Um, I must say when I saw that team sheet I did think to myself I've kind of I'm justified in the fact of going well I'm I think we're only seeing it as another friendly what did you think Jeffy did you think that yeah there's no point I personally thought that just knowing Keith Curl's style of management that he actually might play it as a pre-season friendly as such on the basis that again we say it he's quite sensible and we have had less of a pre-season than everybody else and he would have been well within his rights to do that I think as well given where the club are and our priorities is to stay in league one um so actually cup competitions probably aren't at the forefront of his mind but it was so refreshing to see. And I think it's really good. And it's a real re- good reflection on Keith as well to see how much they wanted to play for that shirt on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Because he clearly has built a squad of characters and characters who want to play football and are not just people that are doing it for the wages. Because you can quite clearly see that there is a pattern with who he's signing and their attitude to the game. And we talk about, uh, is it Ricky? I can't pronounce his name. I'm Paul really sorry. Paul 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 yeah, I mean, I'm going to call him uh, Balboa because, you know, yeah. that's who he is. <laughs> Pod nickname, so, which is a privilege if you're listening. Oh, it's actually yeah. name now. And, you know, he, he said, Keith said at the end of the game, you know, he's got a fantastic attitude and that's why I signed him. And the attitude of the way we approached that match was excellent and if we get that right hopefully the rest would fall into place during the season so I think it was a a good starting point for us to build on if anything yeah I agree um before we move on because we're going to have to move on now because we've got obviously a a league one game to preview uh, and a couple of other little bits parish notices if you like to get through um (laughs) (laughs) um I want to know who was your man of the match from this game against Cardiff. Danny, I'll start with you. Oh, um, it was either Missaloo or Mills. I think I mean, Missaloo was everywhere again, wasn't he? He had that, he had that thunder thwack from about 70 yards that nearly flew in the corner. Um, that would have been amazing. So I just think he's in his locker, isn't it? He's got that in his. And I think when he scores and fans are back, that's going to be some moment because fans are going to love him straight away, aren't they? So we're going to absolutely, we've already... Sort of championing him quite a lot, and I think when he does it, that one that goes in the top corner is going to be amazing. Um, I, th- I think I'll probably give it to Mills because th- he's probably up and down again. He was him and Harriman actually. Harriman had a great game as well. Both of them pushing on as if they were wingers. It becomes 
less a five three two and more of a three five two, doesn't it? And when they when they bomb forward, and I think he's got such energy and such um, good delivery as well at the end of it. And he won the penalty as well, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. he just he just seems like he's he's just slotted. He's properly ready for League One. Um, he doesn't look like he played League Two football. He looked like he should is where he should be. Um, I think mm. he's got real quality on him, so I'll, I'll give it to Mills. I think. Just uh, very quickly, uh, just to call out Matt Salmons of Cobblers Vlogs for not even name Harringman in his starting eleven uh, for that game in his preview vlog. I thought that was quite unfair of not having Harringman with the number two shirt as well. Is quite clearly going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. I think this he did. He put him he's earned home. it as well. Yeah, he's earned it. Yeah, um, it I don't know. I can't remember who. I can't remember who he put in. Maybe. Oh, Matt Salmons, come on. I don't know. Morgan Roberts, maybe? I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. Um, Chesie, so what about you? <laughs> I agree. I think um, I think Missaloo could be um, a huge uh, part of, of this squad this year. And, I, it, and he could be the signing that makes a big difference. Um, mm. And I know we all kind of were desperate for Morton and disappointed when he didn't sign. But I think that Missaloo could be a character that we kind of it's almost like gold dust. If if it if it works, it's gonna be fantastic. It really is. So I think Missaloo is you want to watch because he's just everywhere. He's literally he's like Scott McLeish. <laughs> he just is everywhere. <laughs> is he your new favourite after the animal left, Jesse? Oh, that's a big statement to make. That's a huge statement, I know. <laughs> Can he replace uh, the animal in your heart? No, no one, no one replaces the animal. The animal, the animal, <laughs> special, special. He's very special. Is our animal? And don't, and don't forget, we could. There is potential. That Get him he back. Could be back. Get him in. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god!" Wait, what's it? Is this actually I've missed this. Is oh, this yeah. Like- yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he was at the gra- at the game, um, oh. and the reason is is that he's still training with the club. Uh, mm-hmm. to keep his fitness going because he's he's not signed a contract elsewhere yet. So now there was no actual like, oh yes, you know, it, it's on the cards or anything. I think James Hennigan actually put in a tweet. Somebody asked him directly, is there a chance? And he said, well, look, never say never, but he is only here. To me, that's yes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but he is but he is only here to keep his fitness up and essentially well, because he's part of the bo- the bubble, um, you know, so, but he, he said, but never say never. So oh, there is a chance. The carnage. Get him in. <laughs> can you imagine the carnage? Who's, who's got the number four shirt, though? Somebody's got it. Is it horse? Oh, someone's got to get it off him. So yeah, someone. Somebody's got to give it back. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, the shirt numbers this year are so unclear that it, would, it could be 40, 14, 4, anything. That's Minus true. 4, they're shocking. 77, yeah. Um, my man of the match... Um, I, I, th- there's two names other than what, who you've mentioned so far, guys, that, that stand out for me. First one has to be Matty Bagel. Yeah. I, I think he had a terrific game. And and I think you can see an improvement in him. It's almost like, don't forget, he's only had, what are we saying, 14 months? Like 14 months as being a professional footballer. I don't think he was necessarily quite ready last year, but you can see a difference. And as I think Danny said earlier in the pod, he does have to take his chance when he gets it, gets offered it this time around. That finish was amazing. 
I, I will be honest with you. I did not expect him to score that when it went in. I thought, oh, that's actually really good. Especially when you consider some of the, the you know, the, the, the chances he missed last season when he was in the team as well that were a lot easier than what he scored in that with that goal. But I thought he was really good. I thought his hold-up play was, was quite good. His passing was good. I thought the three up front, Corboa, Warburton and Smith worked really well together. Mm. Um, and that brings me... The person that I would actually give Man of the Match to will be probably Harry Smith. I think he looked... Like you said, Danny, he looks like he's just a better player. He... And and his his post match interview as well. I don't know whether you've seen it. Really no. honest, really refreshing. You know, he we we all know that that Harry's had issues in the past, hasn't he? With his and he's been open about issues that he's had with his mental health. You know, and he's he's not alone there. Um, you know, us on the pod as well. Quite happy to to say that there's there's at least a couple of us. Um, it was the same. And he basically said he got a lot of stick last year. And when he said it, I felt quite guilty personally not for the pod but for me you know I called him just a head on a stick last year and quite frankly if he carries on playing the way he did on Saturday he's he's much better than that much better um I thought his especially after he'd scored the penalty his confidence just went up the assist was brilliant so for me Harry Smith that, that he gets my man of the match personally. Um, he, I think he had a cracking game, but I, I think there were several. Um, it was like it was like um, two wasps buzzing around a nest, <laughs> um, having Harry Smith, Matt Warburton, and Rocky Balboa up there. Loved it. Hi, Chesie here. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to It's All Cobblers to Me, and to tell you how you can help support the podcast. Every week, I, along with Neil and Danny, make it as difficult as possible for Charles to edit the thing and ruin his Monday. That's why we set up our Patreon page. For just five US dollars a month, that's about four quid, you'll help to keep the podcast going and get your very own thank you jingle. So, if you enjoy what we do and want to support us, head over to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Now, let's get back to the pod. Welcome back. Yes, uh, of course. If you would love to sign up to Patreon or if you'd like to sign up to Patreon to support us, then please do. That would be really, really great. We've got a couple of things coming up in the next couple of months, hopefully, that will uh, give you a reason to get uh, some some money our way. That would be lovely. Um, just before we head on to our game preview, which we've not done for ages, which has been brilliant, um, got to mention the NTFC women's side. One in the FA Cup extra preliminary round on yeah. Sunday afternoon. They beat Haverville, or is it ha- Haverhill Rovers? Have Sorry. Haverhill. Haverhill. Have Go on. Haverhill. Have Go on. 5-0. 5-0 it. <laughs> <laughs> it finished. Um, the game didn't finish, though, did it, on uh, full time? They, they, they stopped the game early because of an injury to a Haverhill Rovers player. So all the best to that player. Hope the injury isn't too bad, but it was a 5-0 win with goals from Emma Billiness, or is it Bileness? I don't know. I'm really sorry. Charlie Cooper, Faye Noble, and Georgia Tear or Tear? What are we going with, Danny? Tear. 
but okay. Yeah, yeah. in editing, <laughs> we'll get in touch. With it. Um, <laughs> that was the FA Cup extra preliminary, preliminary round as well, wasn't it? So it was. On they're on March. a right run, aren't they? Five out of five. Yeah, they're just right. Five out of five in pre-season, and then that cup win. Fantastic. So yeah. six out of six, then really. Sorry, yeah, but um, but, yeah, if they can get through a couple more rounds and get into the into the hat for the for the big teams, should, that'd be great. Should actually find out whether you're able to go and watch the cobblers ladies. Yes, we should find out because there's because potential that there would be probably one of the first to, to mm. accept to be back. Yeah. Grassroots, anyway. isn't it? Effectively, um, are going back imminently, I believe, mm. fans. And then I think it's working its way up. So we'll see. Cool, brilliant. Yeah. Right then, preview time, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> How yes. happy are you? We're previewing something again, and it's League One. We're back in League One, Charles. Oh, None of this gonna be bloody trolley or <laughs> who else doing there. I've forgotten. Salford. Forest Salford. Green Rovers. Green, we can't do that anymore. None of that. Well, we're playing the fake Dons on Tuesday, but then we're playing the real ones on Saturday, aren't we? So let's look at the real ones, I think. Let's let's look at the real ones. Very, very quickly, we'll just go. So if you don't know, um, they finished 20th last season, so just outside of the relegation zone. They, they got 35 points mm-hmm. um, last year. Just, just escaping relegation, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Bolton and um, Southend South probably helps them there because I think thirty-five points is probably quite low. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. forty, really, isn't it? It's forty to be safe. I, th- I think it's fifty. Even really? that, I think. Uh, I think it's closer to forty-five, fifty. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, somebody, somebody said, didn't they, that if you got. 40 how many games do you play is it 46 mm-hmm. yeah. 46 games you drew all of them you'd still probably go down <laughs> 46 <laughs> points so that's not enough if you lose 15 games you can still get promoted <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay uh, <laughs> but yeah um so uh, another tough season looking to be in store for the for the dons um that's not us saying that that's every prediction that i've seen so far but then again we've been predicted to finish bottom on every single one that i've seen so far as well um our last meeting with them was a 3-1 win away at their place um but that was back in february 2018 do you remember that game at all danny yeah vaguely because i think we were on a decent run of form during that time as well weren't we it was um was it Hasselbank? Would it have been? No, impossible. It was, it was League One, wasn't it? So it was last time we were yeah. in League One. Um, yeah. We put together like four wins in six or something. Yeah, I think it was Hasselbank. Uh, you know, um, Mac. What Fruxen, went wrong? Hey, eh? what went wrong? <laughs> what went wrong? I think the three. The name that I just said um, went wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a bit of a Probably. brief moment of, um, of thinking that everything was going to be all right again, wasn't it? But, um, but yeah. It was, a, it was a decent win in a, in a pretty poor season. Their last game uh, was the EFL Cup first round. Uh, they played away at Oxford, um, drew 1-1, but then lost 4-3 on penalties. So that's one less competition for them to be worrying about. Um, we, we've gone, key player-wise, we've gone with Ollie Palmer, haven't we, Danny? Uh, now, wasn't Ollie Palmer Crawley's Ollie Palmer? He was. Uh, they didn't he get sent off against us the last time we played them? Could well have done, yeah. 
Yeah, but he's, uh, he's yeah, a decent record quality, didn't he? But I he think I saw. Yeah, I mean, some people were, were linking him to us over the summer as well, weren't they? A little bit. Um, I mean, I, I suppose he would fit the model of shithouse, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think that's quite fair. Um, but we can shithouse with the best of them, can't we? So. <laughs> Someone else to mention, Boogie, just to make Neil happy, Charles, is uh, a player who's got their number 18 shirt He's called Nesta Guinness Walker. <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> What a name! What, a, what name. a name! I, I don't know what to say. That's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I love that name. Actually, looking at their squad list, as you do, if you go on to um, Wimbledon AFC Wimbledon's official website and go and look at their first team list, I've obviously got majority of their players have got their pictures up with their their squad number for the season. There was one man that stood out for me when you go and look at that page. Do you remember the guy who, I can't remember his name, who used to go and join in with team photos at big yeah. matches? I think he did one at, in the Champions League with Man United. Yeah, um, he did. Just, just some random guy that would just run onto the pitch at the same time as, as the players and get, his, get himself in the team photo. I mean, it wouldn't happen now, would it? But brilliant. Anyway, this guy, Anthony Hartigan... Just look at his picture. He looks like he shouldn't be there. He does not look like he belongs as a footballer <laughs> in a squad photo. <laughs> I mean, number eight, Anthony Hartigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hat trick for number eight. <laughs> it's almost like we're writing it for Wimbledon, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, honestly, go and look at the first team page on, on the Wimbledon website. He just stands out like a sore thumb. <laughs> he looks tired. Oh, he, do you know what he does? Actually, he looks like he needs some Pro Plus, <laughs> some Red Bull. <laughs> Get me through the day. Come on. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, I mean, it's really hard, isn't it, to do these previews this early on in the season, especially when we've gone up a league, because you're not really certain of what what's going to happen and what you're going to get, are you, Jeffy? No, you're not. But I do think that Wimbledon is is a nice starting point for a preview because you know it's going to be quite a a difficult defensive game in terms of the fact that Wimbledon are very much looking to get some points on the board early because notoriously, maybe not this season, but notoriously they have struggled slightly in League One, which is not a bad thing because, you know, their story is remarkable. Um, So we know that we're going to come up against it a little bit because they're going to be wanting to get points and points against teams that have just come up because that for them is an accessible game. Whereas your boroughs and your other teams are probably slightly more difficult for them as they are for us. So it will be an interesting match because both of us are in need of points early to get on a decent run because both of us, I think, will probably be in and around the same place at the end of the season. First and second. I think... (laughs) I wish. I wish. I think you're right there. I mean, I see this as a very winnable game and I'm glad that it is... Well, no, yeah, but I see it. I know we've had this argument, haven't we, already a couple of weeks back. But if we'd got Sunderland on the first game of the season, I'd be looking at that and going... Oh dear! Mm, I'd I'd be th- I wouldn't be expecting a win. I'd be hoping for one, but I wouldn't be expecting one. 
Um, whereas with Wimbledon, I kind of look at it and go, no, we should. The, they're definitely the games, two of the games we should be looking to win. The the rule that, that I've always stuck by, because Sean's always taught me, is that you won't get relegated playing the team that comes first, but you will get relegated if you don't beat the teams around you. And that's yes. something that I've always put in the back of my mind as a Cobblers fan, because often we do find ourselves in difficult positions. And if you can beat those that are going to be in and around you, you you're all right. But if you, the thing is, if you go and, and lose to the, you know, your Portsmouths, your Sunderlands, your, those kinds of teams, when you're, when you're in the lower leagues, you're, you're not going to get relegated doing that, but you are going to get relegated if you, bottle it against your Wimbledons. Big words early on. (laughs) But, but, you know, equally, you have to treat them with the same respect as what you treat any other team because you don't know what Wimbledon are going to do. They could be first. It'd be great if they were for them. It's exactly like us, though, isn't it? They're they're probably going to be quite a scrappy outfit from if if, um, they're anything like Glyn Hodges, who's the manager used to play. Like, so he used to play for for Mm. the original crazy game didn't they um if there's anything like that it's going to be a proper old scrap so um it's going to be different to the last couple of games of Luton and Cardiff it's they're probably yeah. going to be right in our face they're going to be scrapping for every ball so I think we've got to be ready for that um and I don't think we, the, the last thing we need to do is show is show them too little respect going into it but I, I, I don't see that being a problem hopefully okay let's do some predictions then yes. shall we <laughs> uh Chessie, we'll start with you, mate. I'm going to go for 1-0, win, optimistic, mm. could regret this decision. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Good. Goal scorer? Harry Smith. Lovely, lovely. Um, have we had a prediction sent in, Danny, from Neil? I uh, have. Yeah. I've got a prediction from oh. him. Joel, Chessie's got it. Okay. <laughs> Unexpected. I've got it. <laughs> We're going to lose 18-0 because we've got no strikers, he says. Oh, Neil. <laughs> Yo. Sorry, Danny, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Have you got that um, sound effect? Polly saying, Neil! <laughs> yes. Uh, I always forget that it isn't just Neil we miss when we record and he's not yeah. here. It's also Polly. Uh, we love Polly. Get her on, Charles. I'm, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for a win. I'm going to go for... Do you know what? After after that really good victory against Cardiff, I'm going to say 3-0. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I'm going for it. And I'm also going to say that all three of our strikers will get a goal each. So that's Hazard, Harry Smith, uh, Matty Baker-Warburton, and Rocky Balboa himself. Yes, one goal apiece. That's a, that's a league debut goal for Ricky Caboa. Can you imagine... The nutter I, I might can, be back. Literally, right now. Sorry, Danny. I said the nutter might be back by then as well, or any another strikers that might sign this week. So if, it, if we it? get two more strikers, does that mean we're going to win 5 0 because all the strikers are going to score? Oh, don't do that. Are you predicting a 5 0, Danny? I'm not. No, I'm not going that far. <laughs> I, oh, that was your opportunity. <laughs> go on, Danny. What's your prediction? I'm going to go 3 1. To us, um, I just okay. want us to start well because we don't usually start well, um, <laughs> and I want us just to get off the mark and get get on that road, Charles. Three one. Okay, lovely. So, I mean, to be fair, if we were taking it seriously, I think we'd have all gone for a one-all draw because that tends to be 
the normal season opener, doesn't it, in League One? Uh, <laughs> but there we go. Right. Thank you very much for listening. Um, just before we go, next week is episode 100, oh, and we oh, are oh. doing some rather special stuff. We're going to be recording the pod live on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday night gin, 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 about eight o'clock. Gin, gin, gin. Gin. <laughs> gin. <laughs> so do join us there. We're also going to go live on Saturday night immediately after the final whistle goes against AFC Wimbledon. So what about well just about five o'clock I think we're gonna go live for about twenty minutes just to give you a little bit of a glimpse into what's gonna happen on the recording please do join us then uh, in order to we'll be going live on our Facebook page it's facebook.com forward slash it's all coppers join us then <laughs> can't wait it's the league one season Dally yes it is bring it oh, on come on cobblers thanks very much for listening we'll see you next week up the town go on town Ninety-nine red balloons. What's that got to do with anything? It's episode ninety-nine. Oh, cool. <clears throat> Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.